right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, for the third time this year, we are doing another one of these true story of a brand type movies. We're talking about Blackberry, starring Jay Baruchel and Glenn Howerton, about the creation, rise, and fall of the Blackberry it's a fun one. And joining me to talk about it, we've got Evan Crean from Spoiler Piece Theater. We have a great conversation, lots of great puzzle pieces to get into, and a little bit of a tangent talking about our history with smartphones. So that is coming up here in a second. Before we get to it, I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts, wherever you're listening right now. Hit the subscribe or follow or I don't know, maybe it's like a plus sign, whatever it is, hit that button, and maybe drop us a five-star rating while you're at it. That would be nice. You can also follow me on social media at PiecingPod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. And don't forget about our Patreon. We currently have a lot of great content on the Patreon, a bunch of episodes that are waiting for a good slot in the regular episode lineup. They're all sitting on the Patreon. Also, a brand new awesome movie year bonus episode is up there right now, and a bunch of stuff for my music. So that's patreon.com slash Rosen. if you want to support the show in that way. I do appreciate it. And uh, otherwise, just thank you for being out there and listening. Let's get into our conversation about BlackBerry. All right, so we already covered Tetris. We already covered Air. We'll probably end up covering Flamin' Hot in a couple of months, but right now we got to talk about BlackBerry. And joining me to talk about BlackBerry is Evan Crean from Spoiler Peace Theater. Evan, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Absolutely, man. I, I'm very excited to uh, talk about this one. I, you know... I joke that, you know, we've got all these movies at the same time, all of these true story of brands movies. It's mm -hmm. like kind of crazy that they came out within like a couple of months of one another, but they've all been really good so far. And it's kind of crazy. And I mean, I don't know exactly how you feel about Blackberry. We'll get into it as we get into the conversation, mm -hmm. but they've been like really fun to talk about. Like these are just crazy movies. I haven't seen Air, but I did really enjoy Tetris quite a bit. Right on. Yeah. They're they're they've they're both really, really fun and this is really fun. And uh yeah, before we get too deep into Blackberry though, it is your first time on the show. So tell my listeners a little about you and what you do. So uh I'm from Boston, based in the Boston area, and uh I co host a show called Spoiler Peace Theater, as you mentioned. And we're a weekly film review podcast where we cover new releases, um, for anything from like big blockbuster movies to indies. Um, with hope an emphasis on you know women directed films, films directed by people of color, um, queer films, kind of run run the gamut of movies. And our tagline is we don't give a shit about spoilers. We just want to talk about the movies. So we, we dig in and review things and just go as deep as we want. And uh, you know for people who are spoiler averse, we always put all the time codes for the movies we talk about, so you can tune in and just <laughs> listen to the ones you've seen if that's that's your game. But our our kind of like mantra is that you know if a movie is really good you should be able to spoil it and talk about it in depth and not ruin the experience like you should be able to like watch that movie kind of knowing what you're in for thinking like okay great i want to see how this plays out after this conversation yeah i completely agree i mean we always get into spoilers here on this show it's kind of hard not to when we're talking puzzle pieces and inspirations mm -hmm. and all that and like sometimes i forget like 
yeah, it says it in the show notes, but maybe I don't say it on every single episode that there's going to be a spoiler <laughs> warning. So, you know, people should just know by now. But I, I do think it's funny, though, like you were talking about, um, you know, describing spoiler piece theater and like some of the, the movies that you kind of focus in on for the most part with that show. Mm-hmm. Are there like any women in this movie, Blackberry? Like that was one of the things in my notes. Like this is such a dude movie. Oh, I feel like. for sure. This movie definitely doesn't pass the Bechdel test. And uh... <laughs> no, not, 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 not at all. By the time a one woman finally shows up, she's from the FCC and she's like there to take down the company. Like <laughs> there was, there was that one scene where I think Michael Ironside says something like you men in here playing with your dicks. And then they just cut yeah. to the one woman in the room and just linger on her awkwardly. <laughs> yeah. I think that they absolutely knew that going in. Like, yeah, this is just going to be a very dude heavy movie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's a bunch of nerds. Like, what do you expect? Yeah, so, the tech bros. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I am going to want to get into a little bit of a tangent later on in the conversation to talk about, uh, to, to look back fondly on all of the smartphones I've owned over the years. But before we do that, let's talk about the movie more mm-hmm. in depth. Let's get to some puzzle pieces. What do you have for your first piece here? Well, I know you typically talk about movies on this show, but for me, one of the biggest puzzle pieces is the show Halt and Catch Fire. Oh, sure. Yeah. Which, if listeners, if you've never seen it, it was a show on AMC. I think it ran for about four or five seasons. And it's about um, like a fictional company in the tech world, kind of in the 80s and 90s and all, all different iterations from like building a PC and different software and internet companies. And it just kind of follows the, the ebbs and flows of the main characters and their careers as they navigate the world of technology. And this movie very much uh, reminded me of that show in that there, there's multiple situations where everything's kind of crashing around them and they have to figure out creative solutions to these problems. And Anytime I would watch Halt and Catch Fire, that was one of the best things about the show is that there would be so much drama packed into every, you know, 45 minute episode that you're like, I can't believe they fixed all of these issues somehow over the course of the show. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I've actually never watched it, but like, I definitely know its reputation that like things are just constantly like falling apart and these these people just have to constantly fix it all and Mm -hmm. uh yeah it sounds like a great show and definitely set in the tech world and these people like you know as man children as most of them are like they're all super super smart when it comes to technology and like being able to problem solve and stuff like that because that's really Mm -hmm. what coding is when it comes down to it so like they're kind of the perfect people to put out those fires constantly, uh, even though they're like a mess in a lot of other departments. So <laughs> <laughs> definitely messy. I would say probably the the biggest difference with Halt and Catch Fire is that it's a very like feminist mm. show, and it <laughs> centers on women as part of the main you know core characters. Where as we said, this movie features almost no women. Yeah, lots and lots of dudes. Well. Another uh, show for my first puzzle piece, uh, which I think is like kind of the most obvious one, uh, but I'm going to go with Silicon Valley to kick it off for me. Oh, yeah. Another, you know, TV series set amongst the tech world and uh, with a bunch of people who, again, are really good at this thing, but not good at anything else surrounding it, any of the business and the people person end of any of it, the Mm -hmm. trying to sell themselves, trying to actually exist in the world of business and trying to run a company and they're just complete messes and that is like where all the comedy comes from it's where all the drama comes from and then 
there are some characters that I think there are like direct analogs to and uh glenn howerton who is absolutely the standout of blackberry reminds me so much of russ hanneman played by chris diamantopoulos <laughs> who is just mm -hmm. so funny as this like unhinged tech billionaire who just bullies the shit out of these guys but mm -hmm. knows that he can because he's the rich money guy and so whatever he doesn't give a shit and uh yeah, it's a really great performance here, and uh, Glenn Howerton just eats it up like every minute he's on screen. Oh yeah, he's he's chewing the scenery. But yeah, I agree, Russ Hanneman is a good analog, and Silicon Valley, yeah, is a great show. I loved it. There was definitely a part in the movie when Jay Baruchel is is kind of drawing the diagram on the board, explaining how this system worked. I looked at my wife and said, "Middle out." <laughs> yeah, middle out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly what he figured out. So that's that's perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you have for your next piece? Uh, next one is another show, but I feel like it would be weird not to mention The Office. Sure. Yeah. Um, mainly in how it's shot. Um, it just, it has a very kind of like reality documentary style in the way that it's shot and edited the camera work. There's a lot of like handheld camera work that feels very reminiscent of the office, especially the way they kind of like linger on people's faces in scenes, the way, sure. you know, in the office are kind of like leaving a little bit of room there for you to laugh. There's, yeah. I feel like that was ever present in this movie. Yeah, I was wondering, like, I haven't seen any of Matt Johnson's other work. Have you seen his other features? Has Does he do that in other films? Do you know? Um, You said he wore, he did the, the Dirties, right? Yeah, the Dirties, yeah. I did see the Dirties. I don't... That's a found footage, so it definitely has a documentary kind okay. of style to it. I don't really remember it so well, because it's been a couple years since I've seen it. Mm -hmm. But I could definitely see that influencing this style of... Um, cinematography and, and yeah, editing absolutely yeah and definitely there, there's like so many i think uh parallels with the office from like these kinds of characters who are just kind of messes but like believe in themselves like way more than they probably should <laughs> and mm -hmm. uh you know you get that postscript of uh the character that matt johnson plays of doug and the fact that this guy just like loafed his way through like this whole rise and fall and like you know that seems like something that someone on the office would do and end up coming out on top somehow <laughs> you know so yeah that character is like a more competent version of big head from silicon valley <laughs> oh yeah absolutely yeah I, I could definitely see that uh i will go with okay i'm gonna go with revenge of the nerds for my next piece here uh Ooh. two very different movies but also two celebrations of nerdom and you know the that culture among oddballs and geeks and you know obviously revenge of the nerds probably doesn't uh hold up very well in today's world but um you know it was it was a classic in the 80s and you know we we were just talking about how male centric this movie is um you know revenge of the nerds of course also a very dudes movie uh like a lot of just dorky idiot guys just doing dorky idiot guy stuff and mm -hmm. you know i think that they both are just uh you know celebrations while also kind of making fun of, at themselves at the same time kind of uh you know ex explorations of that kind of culture yeah it definitely is poking fun at the the tech developer dudes who are just care about movie night and don't do yeah. a lot of work and are <laughs> in some ways very socially inept and just yes. missing social cues in the ways. Although I, I have to admit, I wish there was a 
montage where they were fixing up the office, like when they fix up the house in Revenge of the Nerds. That would have been. Oh nice. yeah, that would have ruled <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> did Did you notice? Um, speaking of the movie nights, uh, did you notice in the end credits there is a scroll of like probably fifty lines of movies that they had to like get like rights to for all the movie posters and movie T-shirts and stuff like that. It was amazing. No. It I was didn't... it was beautiful. It was like just this long scroll of like, you know, this, you know, courtesy of 20th Century Fox, this of Warner mm-hmm. Brothers, this is, and like it was so many little references. Like it's crazy how many they fit in there and I loved every single one of those posters and t-shirts they had around the office. Yeah, same here. I really liked all the movie references. Obviously as a huge Indiana Jones fan myself, I love every opportunity to reference Raiders. Sure. Uh, but you know, we both love the Evil Dead series, so there was an mm-hmm. Army of Darkness poster in there. Yeah, Point Break, uh, yeah. Ninja Turtles. I'm wearing a Ninja Turtles shirt today. You can't see, but I'm wearing my Ninja Turtles shirt. Nice. And there's a lot of Ninja Turtles references because that's one of Doug's favorite movies. <laughs> yeah, I like when uh, d- when they're watching They Live and Doug is like saying how this is who they based Duke Nukem on. I think I had that conversation like when I was younger at some point. <laughs> I had that exact conversation with somebody. But mm-hmm. uh, what do you got for your next piece? Now we're finally getting into movies, so mm, we can okay. finally move on from TV shows. This movie, in some ways, reminded me of Wall Street. Um, in, sure. in that, <laughs> two two kind of main ways that reminded me of Wall Street. One is the kind of idea that like greed is good, and we kind of see the trajectory of Jay Baruchel's character and the way that he kind of embraces Glenn Howerton's character, his like ethos of you know greed and pushing the envelope and not giving a fuck and just being really arrogant and so he has this you know you know this rise in his career where he becomes so totally revered and respected by everyone around him in the industry and then the SCC comes you know knocking on the door and then he's put in the position where he has to basically betray Glenn Howerton and, yeah. and sell him out to the authorities and kind of work for them not in as dramatic of a way as Charlie Sheen has to sell out uh, Michael Douglas in Wall Street, but it definitely reminded me of Wall Street in that way. Absolutely. And it's also name-checked amongst all the movies that they uh, talk about. But uh, yeah, definitely, that is like, it's almost like the main like reference point i think of this movie of like it's you know it's structuring of it is is to be like a wall street for geeks and nerds <laughs> <laughs> you know it fits so well um i you know what for my next puzzle piece i'm just going to jump right on top and talk about something that was probably inspired by wall street a lot uh and that's boiler room from 2000 um yep. I love that movie so much. I haven't seen it in years and years and years, though. But Giovanni Ribisi, Vin Diesel in one of his rare mm-hmm. non-Fast and Furious or whatever roles, and Ben Affleck. And again, just that greed, that uh, kind of getting talked into letting go of any of your morals and just like doing everything for the sake of money. And that's what happens to Jay Baruchel's character. And once he does embrace it, he's just like, you know down down the tubes and like just straight into you know selling people out and and doing whatever he can to stay afloat and uh yeah both movies wall street and boiler room uh you know they they really set the template for this kind of a story absolutely and and i also haven't seen boiler room in years but it was one of the first movies that actually came to mind when i was thinking 
what you know what are some movies that would have influenced this one boiler room kind of rose to the the top even though i haven't seen it and don't remember a lot of the finer points but you're right it is about this guy who's kind of naive and wants to make a name for himself and ends up you know throwing away all of his morals and engaging in very unsavory business practices and absolutely it's definitely a house of cards kind of situation where it's just you know one one false move the authorities catch wind and it's all just comes tumbling down absolutely yeah and uh glenn howerton again you know like He's just, he bullies the shit out of uh, Jay Baruchel in a way that, like, reminded me a lot of, like, what Ben Affleck is doing in that movie. From what I remember, I'm pretty sure it's Affleck who is, like, the big bully who, like, you know, just basically forces him into it. But, you know, oh, it's your idea, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, I didn't do it. But, uh, yeah, but great movie. Uh, What do you have next? Um... I mean, of course, we can't talk about this movie without talking about Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, which is also <laughs> name-checked in this movie sure. multiple times and referenced, um, you know, the the ruthlessness of the Alec Baldwin character, the, you know, the scathing, always-be-closing monologue. <laughs> you feel like you can't talk about this movie without talking about Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, which I also haven't seen in many years, but it's one of those ones that was kind of floating around in my mind when I was thinking yeah. about this movie. Absolutely. I actually have never seen it. It's one of those cinematic blind spots of mine. I, I need to watch it one of these days. And we actually might cover it as a bonus episode over an awesome movie or one of these days. Um, so that'll finally be my excuse to get to it. But uh, yeah, of course, you know, these guys, they think that they're being Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross when they're <laughs> trying to make a deal and all that. And it's uh, it's so funny. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um I'll throw in there another TV show, actually. Uh, I'm I'm going with Succession, Hmm. which is finishing up its final season right now and is so freaking good. It's like the only show I still watch. But, you know, all the backroom deals, stocks, CEOs, mergers, hostile takeovers, all that stuff. But also, like, people just constantly glued to their smartphones and, like, making that somehow engaging and tense. And uh, they do a really good job of that in succession. And here, you know, obviously we're in this, like, proto-smartphone era where they didn't even have, like social media or any of that stuff it's literally just texting mm-hmm. but you know they're the phone is the centerpiece of like practically every scene and they uh managed to pull that off still oh for sure i mean they 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 also reference the the nickname of the blackberry the crackberry in the movie sure. and i distinctly remember you know graduating from college and going out on my early job interviews and having a terrible interview with a guy who was just staring at his Blackberry the entire time and was clearly not engaged in the interview and was just an absolute dick. And I was just so glad when he, he, well, also he was late to the meeting. He shows up, he's only looking at his Blackberry pretty much the entire time. And then basically said something effective like, Oh, you can find your way out. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) Thank God. I didn't work for that company. (laughs) Seriously. Oh, I, I, I don't, Envy anyone has to deal with people like that on any kind of regular <laughs> basis. This is the worst. Oh, man. Do you have any other pieces you wanted to bring up? Well, I definitely also wanted to throw in Jerry Maguire, which is <laughs> sure. kind of like the beginning when Glenn Howerton's getting fired. He doesn't have his traumatic moment where he's trying to recruit other people from his company, but he does end up branching out and, and really going all in on this idea with, you know, uh, 
Jay Baruchel and his crew and he's just really not thinking it through those like first couple of scenes when he shows up to work and they're they, they don't have a desk for him they're they're millions of dollars they're already overdrafting on the account after he puts in the money that he said he would invest it to me felt very much like Jerry Maguire in that way yeah absolutely that's a good one and yeah that one I mean it kind of fits with a lot of these uh these like wheeling and dealing kind of movies where you're seeing these these companies like kind of get their rise you know it kind of goes back to that kind of a that kind of a movie and the kind of action and drama that was in a movie like jerry Maguire. so yeah that, that's a really good one to include here for sure um only other one i wanted to bring up uh and this one might be like twisting it a little bit in a way but i i thought mm-hmm. of the disaster artist here uh the Ooh, true story of the room i mean it's kind of a reverse disaster artist like in this case uh Tommy Wiseau being like a weirdo is more of Glenn Howerton being a like a bully and an asshole and, and but the same mm-hmm. thing of taking this guy along with him for this ride and there's no there's no pump in the brakes at all it's like once he kind of gives a half-hearted yes like I want to work with you uh from that point forward there's no stopping that train and it's just uh, a rise to the top and a rise uh, fall back down so uh yeah the disaster <laughs> artist for my last piece here that's that's a great one to reference and one i hadn't even thought of but it does make a lot of sense the way that kind of that tommy we see the way that tommy Wiseau really just is consuming the project and just like sucking the life out of everyone in the way that glenn howerton's character does even down to the way that he wants to buy an nhl team and move <laughs> the penguins to canada like in thinking that that's a viable thing and then when all the other owners vote against him he gets so mad and just makes this horrible scene in front of everyone it's It's so awkward it's so awkward and like seriously i would watch another movie of glenn howerton's character like he's such an asshole and such a mess and uh he's he's just he really sells this thing and he's so much fun to watch but uh yeah, yeah, great. Uh, I like how you uh, kind of you bolstered my disaster artist puzzle piece there. I, I felt a little wishy washy <laughs> on it, and you made it uh, you made it really work. So that's good. <laughs> so uh, I'll I'll read down our final list of puzzle pieces here, and then we'll get into some closing thoughts. Uh, we talked about Halt and Catch Fire, Silicon Valley, The Office, Revenge of the Nerds, Wall Street, Boiler Room, Glengarry Glen Ross, Succession, Jerry Maguire, and The Disaster Artist. I think, you know, of course we could have brought social network in as well, you know, with these kinds of tech companies, but every single one of these true story of a brand movies has social network as a puzzle piece. So like, I figured I'd leave Mm -hmm. that one off my list, but uh, yeah, I I think that this movie does such a really great job of like, it's not always laugh out loud funny, but it's just really amusing how much this guy was so unprepared like these guys that that started uh blackberry and how glenn howerton's character just took them and said like no i'm going to make you rich and successful beyond your wildest dreams and like even though you're not ready and i think that that just is such an interesting unique version of this kind of true story of a brand movie that it really makes everything work and kind of stick out. And like we said at the beginning, a year where we're getting four of these. And so it's kind of hard to make it different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although it feels very similar to how, in, you know, in every given year, there's usually at least two movies about the same thing. 
Yeah. Like the two fire festival documentaries or the two, you know, jungle book movies. It's just, it's kind of funny that this year that's in the form of multiple movies that aren't about exactly the same subject, but they're the kind yeah. of corporate brand story. It's a, it's a weird thing. And it's, uh, it's interesting that that's what we, uh, what we got this year, I guess. I don't know. But, uh, mm-hmm. another line that, uh, I, I just wanted to point out just cause it made me laugh so hard is cause again, it's like the kind of thing I would have said at the, I was like the perfect age for this movie, you know, like growing up, like as these guys were the same age, probably when he's like, get John Carmack, get John Carmack, the guy that made doom, he, he'll figure it out. Like <laughs> that is so funny. Cause I was that age. I was like the kind of guy who would think like, that's, that's God. Like that person <laughs> would be able to fix anything. He'd figure anything <laughs> out, you know? So, I mean, just stuff like that and all the movie references and things like that just really made this thing resonate a lot with me. Yeah, it was definitely fun. I don't, I don't think I, it, I suspect I didn't quite enjoy it as much as you did. Mm. But, I, and I think some of that has to do with the way it was kind of shot and edited. Like, even though I mentioned that it referenced The Office, I didn't exactly think that was always the a selling point. <laughs> gotcha. For it. Yeah. And I didn't think Jay Baruchel was particularly good. I definitely felt like he was a weak link in this movie. I've liked him in other things, but I didn't think he was a very strong actor in this. I don't know if I've ever particularly liked him like in anything dramatic i'm trying to think what i've seen him in that's been dramatic for him to like carry this much weight in a movie um mm-hmm. you know i mean he, he certainly looks the part um you know and he and he, he carries it like he does a good enough job but yeah i think that if anybody is a weak link here it would probably be baruchel but at least we had michael ironside in a great supporting role and saul rubinek who i'm always happy to see when he shows up sure absolutely well, I, I do want to go on a quick little tangent because like, seriously, this is like reminiscing about smartphones. And I told you if, if you're going to do this episode, we got to talk about smartphones. But what was your first yeah. smartphone? Oh, my first smartphone. So I was one of those people that took forever to get the smartphone. Like I had phones that could do texting and other stuff, but mm. I didn't get like a data plan for a long time. So my first smartphone was the Samsung Galaxy, the first uh, okay. or maybe the second model, second gen Samsung Galaxy. <laughs> All right. But I had some other phones. We talked about this on Twitter a little bit. I had these phones that had these weird gimmicks to them. Like I had this one phone called the Samsung Upstage, which was a two-sided phone. One side had the phone. The other side had an MP3 player, like a music player. (laughs) And it was really small. So it was like cool that they were trying to combine the phone and the MP3 player kind of before things like the iphone and ipod touch but it had terrible battery life so you had to keep it perpetually plugged into this like Mm. additional battery (laughs) oh yeah battery has been a thing like all the way up even now it's still batteries are terrible on these things Mm -hmm. yeah so did you you never had a blackberry at all no i just had friends that had them and they Mm -hmm. were addicted to them (laughs) Yeah, no, I you? never, I never did either. I, I resisted it for a while, even though I really loved the keyboard and like, seriously, like as I look back at like some of the phones I had, like my first uh, smartphone was the T-Mobile MDA, which was an early Windows phone before mm-hmm. iPhone or Android. It was around the same time as the BlackBerry. And, uh, I, you know, I just loved the idea of having a keyboard. And then I went... Basically, I could choose like, am I going and am I going to be an iPhone person or am I going to be a Google person? And I went with the very first Google Android phone, the G1. And, you know, I never looked back from there. I went from G1, G2, a Samsung one like you. I don't remember which was the first one. And then kind of I switched over to Motorola for a while and then back to Samsung. And many, many Samsungs later, you know, I 
get it like every other year at this point. I'm like obsessed with these things, you know, <laughs> which is exactly what they want. But yeah, never had the BlackBerry though. I was so excited about the BlackBerry Bold though when it came out. I was like trying to talk myself into it because I thought it was going to, I I am that idiot just like Jay Baruchel who like thought the touchpad was going to change the world. Like in the, everything that Apple was doing was stupid. I, I was like right along with him on that. That's funny. I mean, I... <laughs> I'm a PC person through through and through yeah, when it comes to my too. computers, but I made the switch to iPhone, you know, I, I think around the iPhone 4 or 5, and I've not looked back on that since. I'm yeah. still an iPhone person, but I use Windows for my, all my computers. <laughs> the first, like, six years of Android phones, like, every six months, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I got to switch to the iPhone, but I, I kept holding steady. And now they're freaking great. Now there's there's no reason to switch ever again. But uh, yeah, I certainly wanted to those first few years. They were so bad in the beginning, but you know, <laughs> I, I stayed the course. So that does it for BlackBerry. Is there another movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners? That's a great question. What have I seen recently that I... Liked. everyone's always stumped by this question by the way uh i really enjoyed actually you and i talked about this movie i really enjoyed sisu recently we talked about this on twitter oh, yeah. mutual appreciation for this film it was just so much fun <laughs> absolutely yeah it's great maybe my favorite ending of the year like it, you know the movie mm -hmm. was what it was it was just a fun action movie but best ending of the year i think yeah it was hilarious it was awesome <laughs> awesome all right on uh evan tell people where they can find you and your podcast no nope. you, you can follow me on twitter letterboxd instagram uh as real recon that's i always joke about the show it's real as in film reel <laughs> and then uh you can find spoiler piece theater uh anywhere you get podcasts but you can also find our website which is just spoilerpiece.com and that's p-i-e-c-e -E. spoiler piece not pieces and like packs <laughs> yes absolutely good good thing to uh to mention there uh evan <laughs> thank you so much for doing the show i know we've been trying to get you on for a while now uh hopefully we'll get you back again sometime i'd love to thanks so much for having me david this was a lot of fun i'm josh bell and i'm jason harris and we co-host a podcast called awesome movie year each season we take a look back at an awesome year for movies which is every year we deep dive into these specific years and we pick out why they were such great years for films we go over the biggest hits the biggest flops the best picture and some personal picks some cult classics Years we've covered in past seasons include 1994, 2003, 1977, and 1984, and we've got all of film history to look forward to. So check us out at awesomemovieyear.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about BlackBerry. Thank you to Evan Crean for joining me on that one, and thank you to everyone out there who's listening. I do appreciate you all continuing to listen to the show and leaving some comments and all that. Whenever you think of a puzzle piece that we don't bring up on the show, I love it when people send them in, so keep doing that. Make sure you're subscribed. Follow me on social media at PiecingPod on both Twitter and Instagram. Also join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, and get involved in the conversation with everybody who loves chatting about the movies we talk about here on the show. And uh, I told you at the top of the show about the Patreon. You know about that. Produced by David Rosen. If you want to support the Patreon in that way, we would appreciate it. But other than that, let's close this thing out with a piece of music like I always do. And I've got something 
extra good to play today for this one. Um, so many years ago, I actually looked it up. It was 2011. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking like the early days of Android. Speaking of smartphones on this episode, um, there's a developer community called XDA. And uh, it's like all, you know, app developers and hackers and all that kind of stuff. And right when they were first getting started in... Uh, creating a forum and place for like various like phone developers to get together and talk about all that kind of stuff as well as news and you know everything going on with the world of android phones um i made the jingle for their xda youtube series uh which they used for years and then they even had as like a ringtone and all these like you know developer people had this track as a ringtone now it's only five seconds long so i'm going to play it more of as like a transition and then i'll go into just one of my other random electronic songs after that uh i think i'll play uh escape from my album further into the dark that seems like a good one but first this is the XDA theme song, uh, which again was from this whole developer community of Android smartphone developers and hackers and all that stuff. So uh, weird little project that I worked on many, many years ago. Uh, one of the first gigs I think I ever got that paid me. So that's cool too. But uh, yeah, hope you enjoy that. And then hope you enjoy Escape from the free album Further Into the Dark, which is available on my Bandcamp profile. Uh, and then we'll be back with more Piecing It Together real soon.
You know what? I haven't heard that XDA theme in so many years. I'm going to play it one more time. Thanks for listening. An All Points West production produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.